to Rant and Rave Wrestling Episode 19. I'm your host, the Double R Superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe, and I'm joined this week by Blake Short. That tooth, number 19, the mandibular second molar, had extensive decay. It led to a severe pulp necrosis and a formation of a chronic apical abscess. And Greg Ovison. I can't. This week, we discuss who should face John Cena at WrestleMania and how does Matt Riddle get away with his shit before getting to our main event where SmackDown, Raw, AEW, and NXT square off in a three-round debate for brand supremacy. But first, a little roundtable discussion where we discuss our lives and the world of wrestling for the last week. Why don't you get us started? Blake, what have you been up to? Wait, why do I get us started every week? I was just thinking that. This week's rotation is bigger. 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 That's new. So this week was kind of fun. I went to Skateland on Thursday with Morgan for a fundraiser, and I busted my ass for the first time at Skateland in a while. It was actually Holly's fault. She, oh, don't know. Don't know was, the blame on It her. was. It was. She. We were around in a little little bend, and some kid fell. So Holly stopped, and then instead of running her over, which was my only option, which you I done. went to the side probably, and I came down, man. But it was like you sun- couldn't just step over her, like. Should have. It was like a sunset fall, though, Greg. You know where I had the hand and down. I, so wasn't, I, didn't go I wasn't all there the to way catch you. Down. I got you. You weren't there to catch. It was just like, oh my! Uh, Slowly falling. I out. had I had a lot of fun. Felt like a kid again. We were about the only two grown ups on the floor with the kids, which really made it look like I was the only grown up because Holly's all of five foot, so she looked like a child as well. What about you, Greg? What have you been up to? Uh, so, as you know, I've been working from home because of the baby. Uh, I was asked by my supervisor to come into the office for a day, and that had my nerves all in a jumble because I'm like, what am I doing wrong that they're telling me to come in? Oh, shit, you're getting fired. So I get there, and uh, upon our discussion, I am getting a raise, a pretty nice raise. This is not the ending I was hoping for. And then in about six months, I will have even bigger raise, apparently. So that was some news I wasn't expecting this week, and that definitely made my week to find that out. Check you out, um, man. Keenan, that insurance. <laughs> what did you, you wrong? <clears throat> what did you do to deserve the raise? Uh, so what they do is, is they uh, they keep scores, basically, in a way. Um, how many forms you close, the accuracy of those forms. To make we sure. keep score, so you don't have exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and they want you to hit a certain number within six months. They have three tiers. You have to hit each number in those three tiers for six straight months. And apparently I did. Um, so I am earning a raise from that. Well, congratulations. It's it's very surprising for me to hear that you've put an effort into your job. <laughs> but I'm happy that you have. Well, thanks. <laughs> as, as someone who has worked with you in the past, I am surprised. I'm a different man. I don't I'm just happy that he found a job for himself with his bad back and his diabetes. Wow, you make it sound like such an awful person. He's just People are just going to picture like, That's a rant for like an old cripple. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a special segment called Rant. And retail. Oh my god, you're really doing this. Where I talk about my life as a retail associate. Greg, I believe you have some questions lined up for me. I do, I do. Let's uh I got five here. Oh wow. So let's start with with question number one. What is your exact position within the field of customer service? Shift supervisor, I believe. The title changes every couple of months. (laughs) Understood. Uh how do you feel about your job? I hate it. I hate myself and I want to die. Damn. Wow. What's the best part about your job? There is no good part about my job. No. The best part is when I lock the door and leave every night. Worst part? The entire <laughs> job. And if you had the choice of your ideal job within customer service, what exactly would it be? 
No, there's no ideal situation. There you go, folks. He fucking hates his job. I hate everything about it. Did you write down the quotes, buddy? We're going to need Oh, yeah, Blake, you were supposed to be writing any inspirational quotes. A lot of that was inspirational. There was nothing inspirational. when he turns his back and locks the door. Okay, that's the best part of that job. And I locked that door. I feel that, though. Absolutely. Crisp air. Nobody was my Do you ever work retail? No. You're a piece of shit. Thank God. I feel you, Roy. Thank you. I have sympathy towards this. I do want to tell you guys a little story that happened to me on, I believe it was on the day before Valentine's Day. Are you going to tell me your whole week? Because if not, I'm going to be really upset. No, but if you want me to, if you want me to chronicle my week again for next week's podcast, I could do that. Please do. All right, I'll I'll, I'll take notes for each day of the week again. <laughs> Carry on. So what happened is this this guy comes up, and I hear that he accidentally rips one of his bills, and okay. so he has the five dollar bill in one hand that he just ripped, and he has a bunch of twenties in the other hand. His total is like I'm gonna say like six thirty five maybe. And he says, he tells me that he accidentally ripped it. And I was like, I was like, oh man, whatever generic, stupid response that I, that I gave. And he said, do you guys have any tape? So I'm looking, I'm looking at the register. It's like five people behind him. I'm trying to find some tape. And I was like, no, man, I'm sorry. I don't have any. And he says, what about the other registers? Now I'm a little annoyed because you clearly have the money to pay for it. You see that the line is backed up. You're really making a spectacle of this. Not a big deal. I checked the other registers. I looked for the tape. There, there's no tape. And I, I told him, I was like, sorry, man. I was like, there's no tape up here. And he said, so what's the solution going to be? Now I'm aggravated. I, I hate when they put me in a position to where the answer that I give, I can't. Sometimes I feel like I can't give a polite response because there's no way to really answer certain questions that don't come off as rude because it's so common sense. I said, you, you will have to pay with something else. And he said that he wanted to, he wanted to pay with the five. I was like, you'll, you would have to tape it. He's like, so can I take the, you want me to take this and bring the five back? And I said, no, you would have to either go home and tape it or pay with something else if you want it right now. And he said, well, you, will you take it like this? And I said, no, I can't take the ripped $5 bill. The line is still building behind him. And he says, this, it goes back and forth like this for like maybe 30 seconds. And at some point he said, he kind of does like a cocky laugh. He believes that I'm being a total asshole to him. And he's like, this, this, I do this all the time. And now at this point, I kind of just thrown it out the window at this point. There's no customer service voice or like way to approach this. That's really polite. So I literally say, you do this all the time. He didn't respond. I said, you always come up to the register, rip your money and then ask for tape and then tape it and then pay your bill. You do that all the time. And he said, no, but money rips. It happens. I was like, I agree with you completely. That does happen sometimes. And, you know, I, it sucks that it, it happened now. I was like, but I don't have tape. So I can't tape it up for you. He said, do you have tape on the shelf? And I said, he's, I was like, yes, we do have tape. And he said, could we use that? I was like, you're free to purchase the tape. He tells me he doesn't want to purchase the tape. And I, so now I, I, I say, sir, I was like, yes, we do have tape on the shelf. But taping your money is not a service that we provide. I don't there. I don't go get tape off the shelf and then tape your money up for you. And so that went on for another 30 seconds. And he said, okay, hang on. And he goes to the back of the store. And I'll be 100% honest with you. I thought that I was going to quit. I was fully committed to quitting because I thought what he was going to do was he was going to come up with the tape, 
buy it, tape it, and say he wanted to refund the tape. And I swear on everything, as soon as he would have said that he wanted the refund for that tape, I was walking out the fucking door. But he came back up with nothing, purchased the stuff that he got with the $20 bills, and left. Wow. You don't steal tape? I don't know what he did, because he didn't even pay with the five. He just came up, he didn't acknowledge what had happened prior, and he just purchased the stuff and left. <laughs> he, needed to, he needed to hit a reset button. So I don't know what the <laughs> issue was. But this is, this is what every day is for me, and that's why I hate it so much. That's insane. All right, let's, let's move on to some wrestling here. First thing I have for you guys today is, according to Dave Meltzer, the Iconics were taken off television so they could be repackaged. My question to you guys is, do they need it? No. WWE needs to actually use their people in the right form and fashion and take advantage of who they have on their roster. The Iconics are fine. If you watch a lot of their backstage stuff, they're hilarious. They just never featured any of that, especially when they were champions. It was almost as if they just were like, oh, you guys won the belts? All right, cool. We're going to not show you. And see, I do think they kind of need the repackage, but only because of the poor booking that WWE has given them. Because now they come back and I just I just see two people that lose. So I do maybe not like a full repackage as far as gimmick goes, but just some kind of some kind of refresh. But only because they screwed up a good thing already. Yeah, they were they were fine. It's just it's another it's another example of WWE just not utilizing talent correctly. And their answer is almost like, oh well, we gotta do something different with you now. Whereas they just never took advantage of their opportunity in the first place. In, in the group, I was very outspoken about how annoying I thought they were, and I didn't like them. And then I started to actually get behind them, and I started to enjoy the stuff that they did. I'll keep talking through it, but I do. I do like them, and I agree with both of you. I mean, you're basically both saying the same thing, but they, they wouldn't need a repackage if WWE didn't fuck it up. All right, M- Meltzer also says, NXT has to give him Matt Riddle permission to follow up on the Brock Lesnar stuff, whatever that means. You said they haven't? They have given him permission to follow up on the Brock Lesnar stuff. That's that's what he is reporting. We that's open to interpretation on what that means. So it, there's a there's a video of him after a house show grabbing a mic and calling Brock Lesnar out and stuff. So I'm assuming this is kind of what they're talking about. They're giving him free range to continuing to Build this feud in a way, I guess. And so we see also reports that Vince McMahon is not a big fan of his. And so the discussion topic is, how does Matt Riddle continue to get away with this? Why are they letting him call out these people that I'm assuming there's nothing... uh, Sorry, I just got a text from my my store manager that just really threw me off. Yeah, retail. pissed me off instantly. (laughs) Right retail. Okay. Uh, how, why is he allowed to continue to do this? Is there ever going to be anything that even comes of it? Maybe not even just Goldberg and Lesnar, but do we really see them ever even doing anything with Riddle beyond what he's doing now? So I'm going to say no, but I'm going to also say that I feel like part of this is just publicity. Um, he gets a lot of feedback from these Twitter rants and stuff for calling out these people, and a lot of fans feed into it. And WWE will take advantage of that, and they will allow him to do certain things. I I almost feel like sometimes when we hear like there's backstage heat on a wrestler and everything, yeah, a lot of the times it's true. But I do feel there are occasions where they say that just to still build that wrestler. 
because I mean, look at what they're giving him. There, he's to me, he was one of the brightest spots of NXT this week. So why why would they allow him, or why would they be pissed off at the stuff he's doing, but still allow him to be the character he is? So I think Triple H is fine with Lee. Exactly, I, I think, and that's another, thing. and that's why you're seeing him still do things in NXT that are you know I guess push worthy, right? But Vince is the one who's kind of getting upset with it. Uh, from what I saw, somebody posted something on Facebook where it was like, Triple H had said, if Vince was really that upset about it, he would have contacted me if it was such a big thing. Honestly, I feel like if Riddle were to be on the main roster, Vince would probably job him. He would ruin this that guy. That was my next question, is yeah, what do we see he for would, He would ruin Riddle this guy. So I just hope he stays in NXT for as long as he can, or hopefully by the time he goes this to the main roster, it's Triple H. To not have as much goddamn control over this company as he does still. Yeah. He's ruining well, I mean, we could talk really about talent. We could talk about Vince and, and I mean, what come we on, think This man Vince is still behind Brock Lesnar all these years later. I don't. I don't want to get Roy started, you know. But but he's done much worse things than than Brock Lesnar. True. All right. Insider reported that AEW was ditching the Nightmare Collective gimmick, and Brandi Rhodes later told Wrestling Observer Live's Brian Alvarez that it was her call. My question to you guys is: Was it the right call? No, and I have a rant later on discussing this. If I get to it, I I think the way they went about it was the wrong way to do it. It was it was almost as if. It just disappeared and it wasn't acknowledged. I feel like they should have acknowledged it in some sort of way because you had so many different people involved. That's so, and that's exactly my opinion. I think that, I think that dropping it was fine because the feedback for it was so poor and it really wasn't doing that great. And on that end, I appreciate them listening to that. But at the same time, you're setting this precedent of should what should I or should I not invest in if there's a chance that it just disappears overnight. And I think I even would have been fine with just a maybe even just a tweet that says like this isn't going where we wanted to go something something kind of real to communicate directly with us really anything that just acknowledges that they're getting away from it because I think to just for it to just completely go away with no communication feels kind of weird. Yeah, I mean it's it, the whole thing's weird with what originally came out as to why they disbanded, and then you have the whole video from Brandy. I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter, where she's uh, she's at their house and she's actually like burning the like her outfit and everything. She puts it in an Amazon box and burns it in her backyard. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like her dog, even like the dog, even carries something out in its mouth and she takes that and burns that with it. Um, so it's almost as if like she was she was you know taking that part of her life and getting rid of it. But then also she's saying, oh, it was my fault just to, just to stop it. Like, uh, I, the whole situation's weird on what they're doing with it. It's just, like Roy said, just come out and be like, look, guys, like, we're done with this. The biggest, the biggest problem for me is in WWE, we have a lot of storylines that start and never finish. And AEW has this fresh slate. And I'm given something like this, and it just ends. The problem is... Now we fear that when we start getting into other things and they don't work, like you said, exactly. we don't get an ending or we don't get any sort of explanation. And that's one of the worst things you can do because I, I just, I don't like when you leave things. So it's always in the back of your head when you're investing in other into things. Into something else. Exactly. All right. Russell Vogt says they have confirmation that the Bella twins will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Do you guys think they deserve that? Nikki does. Yes, they deserve it, Blake. Nikki does. 
So I, I and I can see I see what you're thinking, Blake, in terms of the the wrestling. Definitely, Nikki is was way better than Brie for me, and it took a little while I think for them to really. Well, for Nikki to kind of perfect that, but her Divas Championship run was fantastic. One of the best ones. I loved it. Um, but I I do feel like you can't put one in without the other. I do think that... I mean, part of her run was switching out to Brie. Yeah, I mean, they're, like, they're, they're a two-pack, no matter what what you do. Uh, definitely, Nikki was the better wrestler and oh, had sure, the I better agree. career. But I do think one comes with the other, no matter what. And I do think they deserve it. I, I see the things that they've done and the way that they've positioned themselves for success outside of wrestling. And I actually think that even though if you if you watch Total Divas or what's the other one, Total Bellas, they in some ways are, I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it, but they are pretty dumb sometimes. And they're open about that. They, they joke with each other. But... Despite that, I do think they're also two very intelligent people who did really good for themselves, and I would say they deserve it. I, I'm fine having them in there. I See, I think it's it just becomes so diluted because I agree with what you said as far as like what they've done outside of WWE. I do think that both women are pioneers, and they've, they've done things that are special outside of WWE. But inside of WWE, Brie Bella never did anything to make me go, she should be a Hall of Famer. Nikki, like, Nikki is, like, barely on the line of a Hall of Famer, right? Like, I wouldn't even say Nikki should be a Hall of Famer. I'd say she's close, but not quite there. I'd say maybe, right? Brie, definitely not. And we're talking we're talking Hall of Fame. And for somebody who is a big sports fan, and I, and I see the Hall of Fame, that is such an important place to be in sports. And I know, like, WWE has basically taken the same model with that, right? Other than their celebrities. I which just, they've even kind of got. I kind of just feel like anybody can get in now if you throw, throw the So I agree, and I think they need to change their format in, in a way like NFL. You have to be retired for at least five years to be even voted in for the first time, and you may not even make it the first time. And it seems like WWE, if you had a name for yourself in WWE, even if it was for five years, if you're, if you're out for a year, you're getting put in the Hall of Fame right away. And I think that that, that needs to change. That. And it kind of started with Edge. You know, well, no, I, I guess it kind of started with Shawn Michaels. And I get Shawn Michaels. He was there for a while. He did a lot for the company. But it was like he got retired, and then the next year he's in. Edge, what happens? He has to retire, and the next year he's in. And it's like, I get it, but don't be so quick to jump the gun. Because now we have Edge who's back, which I get it, it's eight years. But we have Edge who's back, and it's like, oh, well, now this is a legend and that's back full time instead of, you know, and he's always going to have that Hall of Fame tag on him, which kind of gets annoying when you hear these people come back and wrestle for a little bit. If we were going by that format, CM Punk should have been in that as soon as he he left. But no, there was some bad blood at the time, and he's not. So their format needs to change on that. And I think it needs to also come down to a fan voting system, too, in a way. Because if you're going to put somebody in who was as good as they were for a couple of years and left on good terms in the next year, but not someone who did as much as they did as CM Punk and left with bad blood. The fans aren't pissed off that he left that way. The company is just like, uh, putting, um, Oh, who is it that they wouldn't put in for the longest time? Cause there was, ish- Oh, they won't put Chris Van Wine because of everything. I get it. Well, we but as it, but how many look, look at, uh, junior Seau. 
Okay. He killed himself. I disagree very greatly with Benoit being in there. Yeah. I'm just using examples. Like, they won't put... He was the first one that came around. They they don't put... Look how long it took for Warrior to go in because of issues. Look how long it took Bret Hart to go in because of issues. Sale also didn't kill his family. Killed himself. Right. But there's still... They still want to use that as a thing, though. Like, I get it. The thing is, it's a, it was a hitting. I hear what you're saying. I think, yeah. I think Ben Wadis was a bad example. It was a bad example. Yeah. It was just the first name that came to mind. My but thing is... They hold grudges against people and stuff like that. Like Hogan for a while. There was that grudge against him because of a video that came out. Okay? That had nothing to do with WWE or what he did in WWE. My thing is, it just feels like Brie Bella shouldn't be in there. And I, I get if If you're saying that it makes more sense for them to be packaged together, then don't put them in at all, in my opinion. Because... Nikki didn't lean so far to me to be absolutely need to be a Hall of Famer, and Brie definitely wasn't close to being a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And the Hall of Fame itself is just becoming kind of a joke. It's just like, all right, well, we're going to do the NWO, and Hulk Hogan's going to be a two-time Hall of Famer. And, we're gonna... and there's, there's people of NWO who aren't even being acknowledged as should be. It's, a pop, it's more of a popularity contest, and I get it. It is WWE. It's not, it's not real. It's not the NFL. But it would be nice to see a little bit more realism when it comes to it. Yeah, I can agree with those points. Uh, the last the last topic I want to talk about is all the rumors that John Cena will be participating in this year's WrestleMania. Obviously, they've announced a return date for him. <clears throat> Who would you guys like to see John Cena face at WrestleMania other than The Fiend? Because I feel like The Fiend is the easy answer. And I'll go first. <clears throat> I'd actually like to see John Cena versus Keith Lee. And I would like to see the build up, build up of that to be <coughs> Keith Lee talks about being a fighting champion and he can do his open challenge every week and maybe announce one for WrestleMania or maybe it could just be a moment that Cena comes out for it at WrestleMania. But either way, let it be connected to the open challenge concept. And then John Cena's thing is, I am the gatekeeper of WWE. The future goes through me. That's what he, that's what he said before during the open challenges. And I think it may be necessary for John to lose that match. I would like to see Keith Lee get the win. And it's not that's not the hardest thing to believe. Like, John Cena comes back after how long? Of course, he's going to be a little rusty. Um, but for me, that's something that I would love to see. I'm going to go ahead and say it would be Brock Lesnar. Um, those are some of the best Brock Lesnar matches that I remember. They get really aggressive against each other. Uh, plus, it's a long-time feud. So why not break the record in titles with somebody who essentially gave you your start? I do want to see Cena get the 17, but then I do think I do think that obviously Fiend is the best match that we could do right. because of the history there and the the Fiend's entire purpose for fighting people that really fits in with that. But I do, I do just I felt like the Fiend was too easy. But the Universal Title doesn't break the record. It's, he's never had the Universal Title. That would that would count. It Absolutely, counts. it doesn't count. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's got to be the WWE Championship. So, in light of what you're going for with this conversation, because my answer would have been the Fiend or Lesnar, and that's simply more so because of the championship title reigns, I'll do something a little different since I think it kind of leans to your question a little bit more. I'll say Adam Cole. Baby! I, I think that would be something fun. That'd be a good way to get Adam Cole into WWE. And for He's Cena... What's that? He's in WWE. He, I, I don't know what to say. Like main ro- I don't want to say main roster anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's just to, a roster move. To get to get him on either Raw or SmackDown is what I'll say. I think 
I mean, we've seen it from the open challenges with the United States title. Who better to bring somebody on than Cena? All right, fair enough. Uh, let's get ready and jump into our main event, Rant and Rave Wrestling. This week's rotation, as I said earlier, is Bagur. So go ahead and get us started with the first rant of the week, Blake. My number one rant of the week is going to SmackDown. And it's kind of a two-part thing. They happen back-to-back, so I'm going to put them together. for the, They have the same reasoning. The Goldberg highlight package I'll start off with, which is just a lovely, a lovely setup to a title match for you to show me Goldberg in the 90s, which I do not care about, and has nothing to do with this match because that is not the same Goldberg that will show up in Saudi Arabia. And I'm going to connect that with Hulk Hogan then via satellite telling me all about how great Goldberg was 20 years ago. And how the Fiend should worry about Bill Goldberg because he beat Hulk Hogan in WCW. Nobody cares about what happened in WCW as it relates to Goldberg and the Fiend. And thank God for Bray Wyatt for saving me from having to hear Hulk Hogan talk any more than I had to. Because he was driving me crazy. So I'm surprised that this is a a rant for you and I won't, I'm not going to bother challenging it because Greg seems to agree. Uh, I think that you focused a lot on the Hulk Hogan part. To me, the point was the fiend, and I thought that that part, I thought all of it was hilarious, especially when Bray was like, Bray threatened Hulk, and then Hulk was like, all right, well, I'm out of here, brother. He didn't want any part of that. I I thought the point was, like, here's Hogan, another one, and he's like, he's saying all this ridiculous, goofy stuff, and then here comes Bray Wyatt, and he's like, just kind of eye rolls at him, doesn't take it seriously. The Bray Wyatt stuff was fun, and that's why I didn't I didn't add that to the rant. The problem is I don't need Hulk Hogan to come via satellite for the fiend. I was I was already pissed off that they were advertising Hulk, but for the second week in a row, they advertised that someone is going to be there. Live. They exactly they via say satellite. they're gonna be there. And then it's via satellite. That shit is so annoying and it's ridiculous. And I hate Hulk Hogan anyway. I so I was pissed off about this in the first place. But still, the fact that you're gonna advertise that and it's and I predicted the whole thing. I told Kim, I said, he's going to be something about the NWO. What's happening? There's all this NWO shit in the background. And I was like, Bray Wyatt's going to inter- interrupt this uh, broadcast. Bray Wyatt interrupts the broadcast. Whereas the broadcast was good when he feeds the chocolate to Huskis and he goes, what, is it too sweet? I was like, okay, that's pretty. You know, Bray was but, great. Of course, Bray's always great. Yeah. But the Via Satellite was too much for me to even enjoy this whole segment. It was just like, why do we keep fucking doing this? The other thing is, Roy, I, I'm scared to death that they'll have Hulk Hogan face the Fiend. I swear, I'm scared to death that they'll do something. I'm starting to think it's going to be Goldberg versus Hulk Hogan again. I, dude, I like the faith I have in WWE is minimal. So I when would, they do something, I like, would I'm enjoy Hulk Hogan versus. My God, Fiend. why? You kill that man. You're taking these people that I hate and you're putting them in a situation where I feel confident that they're going to get oh their ass beat. Obviously, Fiend losing to them would be terrible, yeah. and I wouldn't enjoy that. But I love the idea of you're taking these. Biggest, most powerful, unstoppable people, and the fiend steamrolls through them. Like Goldberg. Goldberg is meant to be the the closest thing to Brock Lesnar, right? And that's why I'm excited. It just keeps rise, raising the fiend stock to have these names under his belt. And uh, See, man, I disagree I, with. I'm that. upset that we that we disagree on this segment in general because I just I felt like the point of it was the fiend. I felt like this stuff was supposed to be like, eh. and then the point was. The Fiend, and you guys enjoyed that, and uh, then it still got a rant, in which I have Bray Wyatt stuff on the rave, and so that kind of gets confusing. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I probably won't talk about that now at this point because it just feels like 
No, that's fair. Much. You should. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So that I feel like is a little separate. It doesn't have to be paired with that. And the reason being is that Bray, Bray Wyatt's brilliance could have occurred without Hulk Hogan via satellite. That's my thing. Hulk Hogan could have showed up there. We could have did something different other than doing via satellite for the second week in a row. And me having a not only, and that's why I put the video package with it for Goldberg. To kind of separate itself a little bit from Bray. Because it was just so much Goldberg, 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 Goldberg. And it's like, WWE did, as much as, you, as much as you've seen it as a Bray Wyatt thing, they definitely wanted you to get the idea that Goldberg was a threat. You know that. You know that's part of their push. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. If the, I'm if not, the, because if it's Goldberg's like, losing. it doesn't work. He's not a threat. You looking at the I'm TV watching the for? TV, and I'm watching him, you know, oh, it's like 91-0 and it's undefeated streak and all that. That was 20 years ago. That, that that guy's not a threat anymore. That was a long fucking time ago, Roy. All that right, I'm going to move along here. Craig, what do you got for your rant? So mine's going to go to Raw, and I feel like if I if I complain about this on SmackDown every week, it's got to be complained about on Raw. The opener with uh, with Seth and his disciples, and then you have Kevin Owen coming out. Again. Oh, God, it's too many people. It's not even that it's too many people. It's just the same thing over and over. It's the same storyline. Seth is like, oh, it's four of us and one of you. And then he goes, but I'm not alone. And then the same people come out again. And then you have the Viking Raiders. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's only three now. But you know that Joe's going to be involved. Because right before this segment even happened, (laughs) when the show opened, they show a a picture saying that later that night, it's Joe, KO, and the Raiders versus Seth and the Disciples. So you know that... Joe's coming out of nowhere and doing something. So, one, you already spoiled this segment. Two, it's the same segment I've had to watch open Raw how many times in a row now. It's it's annoying, and it's it, once it becomes repetitive, it becomes obsolete to me. So, I, I agree with you. A, a big part of what's bothering me in wrestling right now is that it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot for the long-term fan, where this is something that may have been awesome when I was 10, Right. But I've been watching this exact spot since I was 10, where they come out and the numbers are against them. And they say, well, hardy har, yo, check this out. Holler at your boy, got another one in the back. He comes out and they're like, oh, but you is stupid because it is still one less than what I got. And they're like, well, surprise, motherfucker, because I got one more. And then they're all like, wow. And we've been doing that for so long that at the, as soon as it starts, I'm bored. As soon as we got the two and the four, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to sit here and wait for each one to come out. And so that, and that's a lot of the stuff in wrestling. We've been seeing it so much and for so long that it, we know it as soon as it starts. And so sitting through the entire thing becomes a little tedious because we know play by play what's about to happen. Uh, my number one rant for the week is going to go to my rants. I'll tell you now is literally just a list of different enhancement matches. Sounds like it most weeks because. Really, I mean, a lot of the segments and stuff, I didn't have anything throughout the week that I didn't enjoy except for these enhancement matches. And spoiler alert, every fucking one of them is on Raw. <laughs> Shocker. And we, I, I was so bored watching Raw because of this. So I'll just pick one randomly and I'll go with Ripley versus Sarah. Okay. Yep. And what you were saying, Roy, I, I feel like that's that's very week to week. I find myself enjoying the segments. A lot of think they're doing creatively doing a really good job with a lot of segments, both all the shows. It's the matches that are getting harder to watch. I know I think it's because we're seeing the same combination of people each week on a lot of these shows, or we're seeing enhancing matches. It's just it's getting hard to really dial in on the matches now because a lot of them just seem 
seem worthless. To, to me, this one more specific was, was harder to watch because I almost felt like they went with, oh, Slater went over really well with Brian backstage and it was fresh to a squash match that we're going to have Sarah Logan approach Ripley backstage and it didn't go over well at all for me. And then it's like, okay, they're going to go out and fight. And then it made it even more cringy when they had Sarah Logan go out to the ring and call out Ripley. And it's like, all right, you already know what's going to happen here. Honestly, the only thing that was surprising about this whole thing is I thought Charlotte was going to do a run-in. And I'm surprised she didn't. And that's the only thing I'll say about that segment that surprised me. Okay. So, for my number one rave of the week, this one shocked me the most. I got an email Friday morning, as I usually do from WWE, <laughs> and it told me that Bailey and Carmella was going to be the women's title match on SmackDown. And I was extremely disappointed because I felt like they had a feud that made sense. They could have they could have extended. It could have they could have done this for a few weeks, and I would have actually been entertained. I was kind of excited. We talked about this last week to see Carmella and Bailey. I did not know that they were doing it the very next week. However, this is my number one rave of the week: the match itself. I had said last week that a lot of times when someone loses, it's hard for me to get behind that person unless they have a really good match. And I felt like Bailey did such a good job in this match of making Carmella look strong. I felt like they had good chemistry, which is not surprising because they really are friends. The match, they gave them plenty of time. I believe it was about 20 minutes. I know there was like two or three commercials in between. I know it was about 20, 25 minutes, the match itself. And Carmella, man, at some points, it was like, I know you're not going to win, but holy shit, it looks like you're going to win. And that's really cool when you get those moments because a lot of times we say when we come into a match and we know the result, we're already bored. And I was like, well, don't do that. I I told myself, like, don't do that because... I know Bailey's going to win, but I want to see this. The most disappointing thing, as much as I enjoyed the match, is that it was such a missed opportunity by WWE to not make this a long-term feud. This should have been the match. If you're going to do it quickly, at least do this match at Saudi Showdown, since they already announced that Bailey's going to do Saudi Showdown Championship match. I don't know if you guys caught that. So they should have did this match at Saudi and at least gave it a little bit of a build. Now... I feel like everything that they did for Carmella is going to be wasted because I think Naomi is going to beat her next week. So I'm going to agree with you, mm-hmm. but I'm also glad that they didn't do it in Saudi because I was actually happy that they did this on SmackDown because this is a match I would have looked forward to if I gave two shits about Super Show. Yeah. Um, so, but like you said, this was one of my favorite matches of the week. Actually, my top two favorite matches of the week are women's matches. Me too. Um, do you have anything to say on it, Roy? If not, I'll go right into my... Yeah, so... Okay. I, I agree. I did. I like that we got it so fast because it was different for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that we were going to get it so fast. And it was where I the assumption was Bailey wins. So to do it a little bit faster. And I'm surprised to hear you say that you would have rathered it su- it's Super Showdown. That's what because, I'm going to explain. I'm going to let because you Because so finish. often I hear you say, oh, I just dumbass. I don't want to see it at Super Showdown. Um, but I think maybe you just wanted to see it on some kind of a bigger stage than a weekly show. So I understand that. The match was great, but and I also want to add on to that. I had a ton of fun with a moment of bliss, and that was something I on mine. I I have uh, a moment of bliss and the Carmella and Bailey. I have it lumped together as one. It was my number two. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I enjoyed it more this week. I thought it was funny. I even thought it was funny when she was teasing Naomi, who her celebrity crush was, because I was actually curious like who it was going to be. And she fetched there. Nikki kind of Nikki bowed her out on that one. Um, 
and I enjoyed I enjoyed Bailey coming out. I enjoyed Carmella. I actually enjoyed a moment of bliss, and I am somebody who usually hates these talk shows, and especially a moment of bliss. But that was back when it was every fucking week. Mm-hmm. Uh, here and there, it kind of it works better. And also back then, it was two or three talk shows a night, man. It was rough. Um, so the return of it here, I, I enjoyed that. So I want to explain because you were kind of right what you said. So it's not I don't I don't care for Saudi at all. Saudi Showdown. It, it's more that if you're going to do a match, it? it's not Super Showdown. showdown. Okay. I'm going to call it Saudi Showdown. showdown. Saudi Showdown, really baby. Close, and I'm like, is that what it's I called? I almost wish it was called Saudi Showdown. That sounds showdown. better anyway. Yeah. But it's it was the fact that I would have liked to have seen a longer build. I think they could have told a really good story between the two, especially with their chemistry and everything I saw in one week. And even though I despise the Saudi shows, I think having a bigger platform for it, because that's a pretty special platform for women. To be on that's that's the first women's title match I believe in Saudi right, mm-hmm. so that would have been kind of special for Carmella to have. I think that would have been a better fit. And to touch on what you said about um, a moment of bliss, I believe the tabloids are saying that she's with Ryan Cabrera now. I don't know if any of you said that, so that was kind of the joke that. to me. I've okay. seen that, yeah. and that's why everybody that's why was waiting to hear that. Your favorite celebrity, I, yeah. When it was happening, I felt like there was some like kind was of inside joke inside, that I wasn't yeah. a part of. So that's what they were going for, and I laughed because uh, she was like Brad, Brad Putt, and um, Graves was like Brad Putt. Is he a golfer? I thought that was funny. Wow. All right. So there's a saying around here between the friendly ACM and myself, and that is we are Greg, and we both agree that AEW had the best match this week, and that was Rio versus Nyla Rose. That was my second favorite match this week. That was my favorite match this week. I had so much fun with it. It, it almost it. So this match was so good. It almost made the the rant list because why didn't we get that match? Can I just say that Live I am in person. I am so happy that that yes. ninety eight pound jackass is no longer the champion. That was the main thing. That's for me. a little harsh. That was my favorite That's, part. Uh, I cannot stand her. So. I agree. I don't think she should have been the first women's champion. Um, but like I was saying, compared to the first match that the two of these women put on when we were there back in October for the first taping of AEW, um, this is night and day. This match was insane back and forth. There was there was parts where like Rio did the Snapdragon suplex. And I was like, how the hell did she even pull that off? Because she's only 98 pounds. But it, there was there was a bunch of back and forth in this whole match that I thought Rio looked really strong, but ultimately I think that this is the outcome we should have had at ours. Nyla should have been the champion. She is now the champion. I love that match. I I will touch on very briefly because it's not that big of a deal, but it was something that bothered me. It's the amount of power moves that Rio was able to get off on on Nyla. For me, it's like what's the point of Nyla being big, bad, and strong? If also 98-pound Riho is big, bad, and strong. At this point, everything starts to blend together. And it's so it's so immersion-breaking when I see her doing certain things. Like, I can see so clearly that that was just Nyla flipping herself backwards right. or jumping in a certain way. And that's what all of wrestling is, right? So it's not really that big of a deal. But for me, it's just it's too immersion-breaking when I see someone that small manhandling somebody that big. I don't buy it. I th- so I think with aid in AEW's case, we've already said the women's division has kind of been lackluster for them. 
But I also think that AEW is trying to make it to where the women's division is neck and neck with the men's division. And why well, so they do stuff with it like even that. if it was the men's? And it works with certain. Oh, no, absolutely. It works with certain people, like somebody like Chad Gable, Shorty G, small guy. But if he's gonna suplex a Mark Henry, I can buy that because he's he's muscular. He does a lot of. Riho, the the entire gimmick is she's ninety eight pounds, right? That's what Jr. Fucking it would be does. like Hornswoggle suplex. Yeah, and well, I was gonna a, say Marco Stunt and the Butcher. And while she's a good wrestler, she's a good athlete. There's not a lot to her that says powerhouse to me. Right. She's not somebody that I think should be doing. Did you know she's been wrestling for nineteen years. I know that she's ninety eight <laughs> fucking pounds, right? That's all I know. So I just want to say this was definitely the best match for the women's division for AEW thus far. The Nyla. Winning the title, it was like, yeah, it's a little late because I complained about this. Yep. This is what we should have done. Yep. But it it wasn't to the point where I was bored with her or completely done. You know what I mean? I still had a little bit left to give her a chance. Well, they did a good job, too, not letting her fall too far behind. Yeah, they would they were close. They, they were close. some stuff leading up to it. Because they know? had the Fatal 4-Way, and she she didn't win it there. And she, she had a one-on-one match with her. She didn't win it there. But... They didn't. They didn't lose it for me, and I think she's the one who should hold the belt for a little bit. By the way, and we have said this before. God, that belt is so tiny, man. Nyla holding that belt is like a little toy. <laughs> it don't even look like a like a major belt. They're gonna have to do something with that belt. Man. It looks like a toy. Yeah. I don't want to be too disrespectful, but it is ast- astonishing to me that a room full of adults got together, professional wrestlers, some of the best minds in the business. And they were in a room at some point, and they looked at this belt and thought, that's it. That makes me want to smack each one of them. That is not it. This belt looks like shit. Yeah, I I don't get it. Sir? I think they were going for, like, the whole boxing belt feel, but it just doesn't work in wrestling. I almost feel like how they take the pictures beforehand to have them ready for promotions that they knew Riho was winning, and they thought, okay, on Riho, this belt kind of looks okay. But then even we thought, on Reho, they should still look like a toy. For only they should. They should. But maybe I think that's kind of along the lines of what happened. Maybe probably. it was like our up, up, down, down belt. Oh my god! It wasn't quite it what wristband. It wasn't quite what they thought when they ordered it. They just went with it. Yeah, we ordered a, a what we thought was a mini replica of the up, up, down, down championship, and we got it. It was a mini fucking replica. It was it, a mini. It, I wear it as a as a wristband. That's how small it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My number one rave for the week goes to the protest concert. Okay. Ah. Okay. Like, this is so you. It's so you. I'm not going to go against it. It's probably a good call you don't. So I, didn't have it. I didn't have it as a rant. Okay, so when there we, are better things than this. When, when it started off right away, I, was, I said, when it first started, I was like, I'm not going to put it down as a rave. Because I don't feel like dealing with Blake's bullshit. <laughs> but I did enjoy it right away when it cut to the ring. And obviously, this, this is the Sammy stuff and Nakamura and all that's kind of been falling behind for us. But when he said, thank you for joining for this protest concert, I started cracking up. And I, that's the moment where I wanted it to be a rave, but I was like, I'm not going to deal with Blake's shit. <laughs> then Cesaro started with that damn cowbell. That was funny. And that was my favorite, because as soon as he did it the first time, Antonio and I were like, we thought that was hysterical, before the audience really even made a thing of it. And when they started going at it again, and he's like... He's so into it, man. And then the audience started chanting, we want the cowbell. I'm like, this is a magical fucking moment. And this is going to be on a rave. And I will deal with Blake's bullshit. And I will defend this. And 
So then he, t- he teases like he's going to do it. I was like, he's not going to fucking do it. But I really wanted him to. I really, really wanted him to do it again because I've just, I've never seen somebody be so passionate about something in my life. And then he, when he threw him out, I was like, oh, you bitch. I was so upset. It, look, look, Sammy and Cesar was fun. And, and that's why I didn't, I didn't say it was a rant. I, it wasn't my favorite thing of the week. No, because of Braun and Elias and everything was four. But because Braun and Elias, every time I see them together, Greg, I can't help but be pissed off. I, it's too late, man. This should have happened a long time ago. But yeah, I laughed. I mean, the, the cowbell, the crowd really helped it, I think. Because it just, he's yeah. like, I need a little less cowbell. And then the crowd's oh, yeah, like, hilarious. we want a cowbell. Because that it was, was great. so fucking, he was so he was, into he's, it. I mean, he was just like going. His hips, everything. <laughs> he had been training his whole life for this protest concert. So, I, this, I get it. I get it. This was my favorite part of SmackDown. So, Blake, you'd have been stupid to go against this. No, I, I wasn't. And, so, and you know why. I'm, I'm a fan of taking pop culture, like big things in pop culture, and adding them in and using them as a joke. So the fact that they used this Saturday Night Live skit from back in the 80s with needing more cowbell, and he goes, I need less cowbell. Need less cowbell. So the whole crowd starts chanting more cowbell. I was like, this is absolutely genius. And like Roy said, when Cesaro held that up, I was like... Please do it. This would be a complete character break if he just went right back into doing it. Like, this means more than him being a fucking heel. And then he throw it. I'm like, okay, it makes sense to the character, but I want it so badly for him to start hitting that cowbell again. All right, do you want to take us back over to Rant Blake? (laughs) Yeah. SmackDown. Can you stop taking my rants? What do you keep ranting about SmackDown for? I know exactly what he's going to rant. He's going to rant. Dolph fucking Ziggler. No. Do it. Do it. Let's do it. It's time for Rant. Versus Rave! Look here, you piece of shit. My man Otis spent all he last week. No right in You let me finish. You let me finish. My man Otis was he was eating steaks, he was lifting weights, he was getting dressed, he's getting fancy all last week getting ready for this date. And Mandy, she she tells us she goes. I'm I'm be a little late, all right? And they start, I'm like, shit, here we go. Here we go. I knew they were going to mess this up. I had been looking forward to this for weeks. So I'm like, all right, she's running a little late. She's running a little late. No problem, right? (laughs) Then Tucker's like, all right, he's trying to get them ready. Then Mandy gets there before Otis, but she was the one that was running late. She was there for like 20 minutes. I don't understand why Otis wasn't already at the restaurant. He was taking way too long to get ready. That's the first thing. Yeah, Yeah. So some of this is on him. But Dolph fucking Ziggler should not have been at that restaurant. That piece of shit knows that Mandy is Otis's peach. And when he came up there in that restaurant, he said, I'm looking for my peach. He said, have you seen a, have you have seen seen a, a beautiful peach, peach or something? Yeah, and the guy he said, heard this way, he this way. He knew. Dolph, ugh, all this for Dolph Ziggler to ruin it, Roy, really? You tell me why it's such a good thing. You know what? You And you argued in kayfabe, so you know what? I'll indulge and I'll do the same thing. If he really cared that much, if it was really his peach, he'd have showed up on time. Right? He would have showed How long did I watch Mandy Rose, sad as shit, sitting lonely at that table? You're telling me that Mandy Rose is waiting for Otis? He was nervous. Now, clearly, Dolph Ziggler had enough time at the arena to see where Mandy Rose was. That's how long he left her sitting there waiting. And he was able to get to the restaurant before Otis. How do you keep somebody like Mandy Rose waiting that long? 
He doesn't deserve to be there in the first place, the ugly sack of shit. Dolph Ziggler. Wow. Damn. Dolph Ziggler wow. is one of the most oh, handsome hey. men in all of wrestling. Dolph Ziggler is a jobber. Dolph Ziggler and Mandy Rose is the perfect power couple. And then, and to and break kayfabe a little bit, obviously we're going to get a little bit more out of it. There's still more to come. This is such a good example to me of a way to build up people without the matches. And because Heavy Machinery hasn't really done a ton, they don't really get that many wins, but I buy them as, like, top talent right now because I'm so interested in everything that's going on. And then my personal feelings for Dolph Ziggler, obviously. I, I love that Dolph was the one to fuck this up. And it's not, it's not even just about Dolph for me. I do. I, I enjoy that we're going to continue to get more out of it. And I just had so much fun, even with the overproduction of, like, he's dropping the roses and they're close up on it. I'm just sitting there like, oh, no. Oh, it's like I felt so bad for him. I was having so much fun. Like, I was actually watching, a, like, a, a dramedy, like a different type of TV show. My So my thing, and, and why it actually is a rant outside of kayfabe for me, is that I really just wanted to see Mandy and Otis on the date. I, I have been looking, like, so forward to seeing this and seeing how it will play out and what they did, whether he was, like, like we talked about last week, whether he was just – so it was extreme gentleman and took right. advantage of the date or whether he was just goofy Otis. I wanted to see it so bad and then to like not even really get to see it. I was like legit disappointed. I was like, come on, man. That was the point. And I felt so bad for Otis. And I hope that we eventually get there because Mandy, it's pretty clear. She's not into Dolph. She likes Otis. Mm -hmm. But Dolph's just such an asshole, man. He just keeps inserting himself into the, into this relationship because I think Dolph can't understand why somebody would choose Otis over himself, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, he's like, if Otis has a chance, I'm in there. I think that's that's what I would, that's what I think Dolph's thinking. All right, so I see both of your sides. But on my own personal level, I'd be a fool not to give this a rant. And that's because I'm so sick of the blonde bombshell being the reason for a fucking feud lately. You started me off with having Rusev and Bobby Lashley fight over Lana. Then we go over to AEW and you have Joey Janela and Kip Sabian fighting over Penelope. Now you're going to have Otis and Dolph Ziggler fighting over Mandy. What's next? Candice LeRae is going to be in between, what, Johnny Wrestling and Tommaso Ciampa? No, I'm sick of using a freaking woman to feud. I feel like I'm back in middle school. It's old. It's drawn out. I, that's that's why. I, I was, I'd have been perfectly fine had it been absolutely any other way that they ruined this. But they ruined it by using a woman to be the main reason for a feud between two guys. Sick of it. That's fair. And you know what I will say with that, with what you, with, with your comment? While, while I get it and I understand, I was having fun with the Otis, and Sonya, so and Mandy angle. But And and, and that was different. That was different that was to different. me on this. But then they made it a completely different thing and had to make it between two dudes. Yeah. It would have been awesome to have the fact that Sonya was jealous of, of Otis because Mandy wanted to be with yep. him. That would have been a completely fresh take on this. Yeah. But no, they had to throw in another man and make it that way. And obviously you're not going to get Sonya versus, versus Otis. But it would have been that would have been a, a fun backstage storyline. But now we're going to get matches out of this over a woman. And I'm sick of it. Yeah, I, I'm, my fear is that this turns into heavy machinery versus Rudin Ziegler for the next five weeks. Exactly. You guys really disappoint me on here sometimes. If if this was an entertaining view, I don't know what the hell you want. It's that not about so it wasted all my time. So sometimes it's not. It's not that it wasn't entertaining. Like I said, I, I had true feelings for it. The problem is, is that 
it was built up to be such a big event, and they ruined. And the I feel outcome. like it was taken away from me, and they went in a direction that is going to end up being for the worse instead of for the best. They they had it's like sometimes Roy they have gold they have gold here with Sonya Otis and Mandy, and then they just played the safer angle with Dolph and Otis, and it's something we've seen before. Whereas the other angle, we've never seen anything like that. I guess. What do you got, Craig? Um, and I'm gonna get some shit for this one. I'm going with the Matt Hardy Randy Orton segment. So ring the bell. That's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus Rave. Okay, so you're both wrong. Move on. So okay, go ahead, Roy. <laughs> What's yours? So so this was one of those things where I had a legit Roy moment. So Randy Orton comes out, he's getting shit again, and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to go ahead and he's going to be like, I-, I can't give you an explanation again. Okay, Rave. I love when they do that and the fact that he's got so much heat off of this. But then Matt Hardy interrupts. And I'm like, okay. So Matt Hardy comes out. I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen here. He's going to get squashed, whatever. Now it goes to the ring. But then Matt Hardy starts talking some truth, like from his actual like life experiences and how him and, and Edge were best friends and you know, that's a legit thing. And then he, without saying Lita's the reason, brought up that him and Edge, he absolutely hated him for the longest time. But then when he was able to forgive him and see past all that, that he really did get behind Edge. And I'm like, okay, I, I feel this. And then I remembered Matt Hardy's contract's up. He's still just a jobber right now. And then what happens? Randy Orton does the same thing to him that, you know, happens to Edge. But here's where it gets the ultimate rank. It didn't write him off like they wanted it to. Now they make a gimmick match out of it. So I'm supposed to believe. Now I get that Edge has an, an, a neck issue. So he's out for a couple weeks. But you need to say the same exact thing happens to Matt Hardy. And he's going to be back next week for a no-holds-barred match with Randy Orton. WWE does not play their cards right at all. So this whole segment jumped back and forth. And it was it ultimately ended in a rave until I saw that that match was announced for next Monday. Then it made the ramp. Because it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, so we both enjoyed the segment. So here's the problem: I think your rant needs to go to that next week when that happens, because it this also goes to writing, I guess. This week's segment I felt was great, and I agree that should have been the end of Matt Hardy. That should have been it. That's the perfect way to write him off. I didn't know about the match until you just said that, but I think your rant should be next week when that match happens, because this segment itself was a rave. Everything made sense. It worked. Um, it was not what I, I wasn't expecting Matt Hardy to come out. And when he did, I was like, oh, okay, I, you know, everything you're saying to me makes sense. Just like you said, I'm going to leave this up to Roy, and this will tell me a lot about where we're heading with our rants and raves. Because for me, I, w- I agree with you completely. I think that is a rant. And I would be well, ranting what I'm next week. Is it was a rant because I'm like, oh, they're writing Matt Hardy off. And then they made it even worse by not writing Matt Hardy off and making a gimmick match out of it. I, see, I feel like that would be a rant next That's week, got not me. this week. But so it'll be nice to see where where Roy goes with that. That was all you wanted to say. You didn't really say much about what you liked about it. I basically I enjoyed the fact that Matt Hardy came out. Everything same, pretty much the same things he said. He enjoyed. You the just have a different feeling on it. I just I feel like the rant can't be. Oh well, next week they're doing this. Then that rant would be next week when it happens. What I'm saying is next week isn't the rant. I'm saying that added to it because it ended in a rant when he was used as a jobber to be written off, and then ultimately he's not even getting written off from this segment. I agree. He should have. I think been the, conf- off. The, the kind of confusion. It's because I brought up that match. I get what you're saying. Yeah. 
And I'm not saying that's the only reason. I'm saying that added You did say that. Was there a different reason that you didn't like it? I said because he was used as a a jobber. Because I flip-flop back and forth. I liked some things, and then I hated some things. And at the end, I remembered Matt Hardy's contract's up, and I thought for sure this was just how they were writing him up. But just That's the what segment I didn't itself, like. did you have fun with that? I don't know. Did you have know. fun with what you watched happen on Raw? There was some, and there was some that I didn't. Yes. What did you I en- did you I enjoyed like? before Matt Hardy came out. I enjoyed that Randy was getting all that heat again. Then when Matt Hardy came out, I was disappointed. But then I enjoyed some of the things that Matt Hardy said because I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that brought me back to one of the biggest feuds between Edge and... And Matt Hardy. No doubt. But then I remembered everything and the way that he took him out. I'm like, it, I, I, just, I just had a waste of time for someone to just be written off. That was, see, that was the perfect way to take him out. So here's what I want to say. Exactly. I think that, and it would have been fine. But at the same time, I'm like. But that's, my, that's, that's what I'm trying to say to you is that you're, now you're disappointed about it because of something next let week. Let me give my goddamn ruling. I think there were some things were becoming way too cynical with certain things. And I think that we, and I've said this in the past, we need to have a discussion on how we're going to structure these rants versus raves because I agree with what you're saying also, Blake, where sometimes these things are getting blurred. I think that if in that moment you enjoyed yourself, something should not be a rant because of what can come up in the future. Even though we can predict with a, like a, a 90% accuracy, it really should just come down to did you have fun in that moment. This wasn't on... I. I I did have it written down as a rave only because of Blake's. I was with Blake when we watched it and I was kind of in on it and Blake was talking about it a little bit and I kind of, it helped change my mind a little bit. I don't feel very strongly either way on the rant or the rave. <clears throat> I could tell you that I do wish that Matt Hardy versus Edge had been the WrestleMania match. And that's what I started thinking about during this whole thing. It would have made so much more sense. I would have so much preferred for that to have been the match. But they couldn't because the contract's basically over. But I, I will say, due to some of the technicalities of this, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right. Yeah, that, that's something I think all three of us need to talk about. Because in my opinion, and I'll give you an example. Let's say... We did the Lana and, and uh, Rusev stuff for so long in Lashley, right? To me, that would be like the wedding, which we, the wedding part we actually enjoyed. And then them going, next week, we're going to do Rusev versus Lashley. And me going, oh, well, I don't care about that match next week. Now I'm going to put this whole wedding as a rant. That's how I see it. I feel like that shouldn't be and the I think case. that I do think that happens a lot on this and podcast. I, I think it, that a lot of the reasons are because we're going towards this. And that's it starts to... It just muddies it too much. It's either you enjoyed what you watched or you didn't. Don't say it's because of what's in the future. And I also don't think it's necessarily a you enjoyed it or you didn't because you can laugh. Like, you use the Lana thing. Like, if you had fun and you laughed, which, you know, everybody was here apparently laughing and everything, and he gave you, you know, the flack for that. And I get your point on that, but you can still laugh at certain things and still, in the general outcome, not enjoy it. And that's what happened here. Like, I enjoyed certain parts, and I didn't like certain parts. And when I sat back and actually thought about it, yes, I enjoyed the fact that they used their past experience, like, their past with each other. But the ultimate outcome, even if it wasn't for the match next week, again, like I said, I remembered Hardy's the jobber, and he's just getting written off, and that pisses me off. That's ultimately what it was. Then, I, yes, I did add in next week, and that did make it confusing. And I need to do a better job of not doing certain things like that because it does make it seem like I'm ranting about one thing when I'm not. In the end, without next week's outcome, I was I was upset that I had to remember that I just got this great segment, 
But Hardy is still just the jobber, and he's done with WWE. That's ultimately why it came down to a rant for me. Okay. I imagine you sit back and you think of things when you're in the bathroom because you have diabetes. Where the hell did that even come from? Every, every week. Every, no, every week, Greg, Greg will be like, you know, when I sat back and I thought about it. So no. I was just trying to picture like when no. you sit back and you think about it. <laughs> you think you I sit when I pee? He's sitting down? <laughs> I mean, maybe he's doing both. I don't know. All right. So for my rant, I'll just pick some <laughs> random list of squash matches and I'll go with... I'll go with Ricochet versus Lashley, and I don't want to talk about it. Oh, wow, you really weren't lying. No, it's it's literally a list of Raw matches. It was literally Bobby Lashley was used in a squash match. Yeah, After all this shit. Let's, let's not talk about that at all. <laughs> all right. So, back to raves. My next rave is going to go to AEW. And I really enjoyed Darby Allen calling out Sammy Guevara for a match using his own version of cue cards. I think they're doing a fantastic job with Darby Allen outside of him losing most of his matches. They continue to give me things from this guy that I enjoy. And despite him, this is one of the rare cases where somebody continues to lose. And I continue to enjoy the wrestler because they're giving me things that that I enjoy. And I thought that was a great touch. I loved the shock value at the end of the cue cards. There's certain things you don't expect to see on wrestling anymore just because of the direction that wrestling has gone. And the fact that at the end, he's got a picture of Darby Allen that says, or of uh, Sammy Guevara, that says, hit me up. And he's got all these spots over it, and you read it, and it says, I got herpes from kissing Jericho's ass. I was like, okay, I did not expect that at all. But yes, this was that, that was one of my favorite segments this week. Um, my next one is going to NXT. For the only thing on NXT that I enjoyed, and that was the whole Broser you got them driving down, you know, they got the trophy in the convertible and they're driving. You see the cops pull up and you think for a second, Riddle's like, let me do the talking because he's got weed in the car or something with the route. Oh, he, was, was, he was nervous as soon as he heard and those then, tires. And then you come to, and they come to find out the whole issue was just that Pete didn't have a license. And he's like, dude, you don't have a license. And Pete's like, you don't either. So then they're trying to figure out a way to get there. And you see that they're on this boat and everything. And Pete's just looking pissed off. And he's like, this is really how we're getting there. And you see it's a paddle swan. He's like, no, this is just what I do to clear my head to think you of silly things. goose. Yeah. And so then finally you, you see they're on like the tarmac and there's this plane. And he's like, well, how'd you do this? He's like, I got ways. And they get on this plane. And you just see Triple H walking towards it on the phone. I'm like, they just fucking stole Triple H's plane. <laughs> Genius. And I love it. And that was the only thing about NXT that I enjoyed this week. Yeah, good job, And that Roy. was one of my favorite Way to ruin NXT for Greg Roy. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. I love what they're doing with these two. I love that Pete was driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> I, they, there were a couple of things they did here that I just laughed. And once I realized they were doing the segments like periodically through the show, I got to the point where I was like, I can't wait to see the next one. Exactly. Yeah. I thought it was just a little bit better than okay. Wow. I definitely think, I think the concept as a whole was brilliant. And I think that they just missed the opportunity. Like one of them was only like, 20 seconds. I think it was the one where they were in the boat and it was like to be continued. I'm like, nothing really even happened here. <laughs> and I just, I know how much better it could have been. And so that's why I think it was just okay. I think the show was better off for having it, but I definitely think it could have been better. And something that I would have talked about in honor, honorable mentions, but I'll talk about here. I enjoy the fact that whenever Triple H enters a room, apparently his theme song plays. <laughs> he said, whose plane is this? And Triple H is walking up on the plane and just out in the ether for some reason his theme song is playing. And I thought that part was hilarious. 
I, I appreciate. I love to imagine that anytime he's going into a business meeting, I was about to say or that anything in life when he approaches the door, his theme song starts. The playing. whole board. And now I start to think that he gets in the room and spits the water. The out whole, of whole board <laughs> enters the room. Everyone's seated. Triple H is the last one to enter. Not not Vince McMahon. Triple H. His music hits. He has the water. Yeah. I. You know what? I think that should be every board meeting they ever do. It. Stephanie's dressed in leather from head to toe, just supporting him for no reason. <laughs> My next one is going to go to Roman and Daniel versus Miz and Morrison. And there's one very specific reason for that, and that's most of the week I complain about these predictable outcomes, these matches that as soon as the entrances start, I'm bored because I know exactly what's going to happen. This was one where I felt like I didn't necessarily know who was going to win. And because, because originally Dustin and Guevara had this spot because I didn't know who was going to win, because they both have feuds that they're they're headed towards. And or, and it's crazy. So let me take a step back, actually. Because I, I've been doing a lot of thinking this week. Um, I sent you I sent some text messages in the in the chat about these matches where I know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um the Johnny Gargano match, the Adam Cole match. You when we started calling them enhancement matches instead of squash matches, because it's not always against just straight up jobbers or squash people, but it's just, it's when somebody is in a major program, you know who the winner is. It's the person that's in that feud. And if they lose, it's because the other person distracted them in some capacity. So you always know what the outcome is going to be. And for me, that's that's how I end up bored most of the time. Now we got to AEW and we did Dustin versus Sammy Guevara. And I had that as a rant because I was upset that Sammy Guevara lost. And I started, I'm like, he has this, I started thinking to myself, he has this match with Darby Allen that they just started building up towards. Why would he lose? And I kind of had this moment where I was like, well, what the fuck does it take to make me happy then? Because I just complained all week long about these matches that I know the conclusion to. And that's where I ended up moving Dustin and Guevara over to Rave because I started to think about him where I was like, I appreciate having a match where it actually felt like there's some weight to it because I felt like I needed, I wanted Sammy to win and where I don't know who's going because both these people are building Towards other matches. But then ultimately, Miz and Morrison versus Roman and Daniel got the spot because it accomplished that. But also, I felt like both of them could afford a loss. Both teams could afford a loss. I didn't feel like either side losing (coughs) really did any damage. And I didn't get that exactly with Dustin and Guevara. Whereas I felt like a loss for them kind of did do a little bit of damage. Over here, I felt like either team could win clean. And I wouldn't feel anything less about the other side. And that's a very rare thing in wrestling lately for me to not know who's going to win, to believe either side could potentially win, and to also feel like both sides are going to come out just fine. Ooh, you just took me on a ride, man. I followed every second of that. I did, too. When he started, when he started talking about Sammy... And Dustin, I was like, wait a minute, didn't he say Roman Reigns? I, I had to really hone in because I was like, did I miss <laughs> Yeah, I said, I, said, I said, let me take it back for yeah. a second because there so, was a lot, of, a lot of thinking that I've done this. So week. you've kind of called this, though, sadly. When he was upset about Morrison facing Big E, he said, what do you want him to face, Roman Reigns? Right. Well, And for the first time ever, it happened. Yeah, and, and he got his, they got their loss. I agree, though. I felt like it was a good match. I could have, uh, let me just say. I could have done without who's going to be Roman's partner all night. I think they need to get away from that. It's not suspenseful. 
We're not sitting there on the edge of our seat wondering who. This was one of the better. I agree though because, but I think Daniel Bryan was the good choice because I didn't expect it to be Daniel Bryan. I expected Kofi actually. Well, when Daniel didn't have a match or even a segment explaining to me what he's been up to for the last week, I knew that it was. See, I was so drawn into that's why because remember last week they said Daniel Bryan will be here on SmackDown next week. So when I haven't seen Daniel Bryan all night. See, with me, I was so sucked into SmackDown this week because it really was my favorite show of the week. My Although show. I had my, my the parts that I didn't enjoy, mm-hmm. but I was so sucked into it that I didn't even realize certain things weren't like didn't happen. So I really expected that if we're getting Morrison and Miz versus Kofi and Big E, that Kofi or Big E was going to be the partner. And I imagine Kofi being the partner over Big E in this situation, just given who Kofi is and the title run and everything. But then when it wasn't, I was actually shocked. Like I didn't think about it at all. Like they actually drew me away from thinking that Brian could be the person. Obviously, for you guys, it was different. But for me, I think the show did a good job in me not really putting much thought into who Roman's partner was. That's fair. Right. Absolutely fair. I just and not saying last like last night was a prime example of this, but that's such such a continued. It is. We get that a lot. Thing. Like who's going to be get, the partner? Like know, the big show. We had it the whole night. Yeah. You go to the locker room. Who's behind that door? I get what you're saying. It just sets up for a build that never really capitalizes. Yeah. It's just, we could do without it. I would have been fine if they were like, you know what? Tonight's going to be Roman and Daniel versus, um, I can't even think of her name. I keep wanting to say Eminem. I don't know why. Dirt Sheet. Dirt Sheet. Just say Um, I'm not sure that the Dirt Sheet is their actual tag team name. I, I, I think it is. I can't tell. They're not really telling us. I think that's just the name of their talk So show. Miz and Morrison, we'll say for now. They also, really had a name. There's always Miz and Morrison. Also, I would have preferred that they got the win. Personally, but I don't feel like it affected them yeah, in I a felt, negative way. In this, in this I felt situation, I think that I almost think they get the win, or that Brian and Roman get the win more for Brian's sake. Who got I, the pin? I don't remember. Was it Roman? Roman, Roman yeah. got the pin. But I, I can almost think they don't want Brian to take a loss at this point. Like Roman's been taking losses in the yeah. feud with Corbin. So I don't think they even gave a shit about For that. For whatever reason, man, when Brian takes a loss, it never. But I, I, would, <laughs> I don't know what it is about Daniel that he just he's just that damn good. Man. I would have loved for it to be Miz and Morrison getting the win, especially with the the semi feud we were getting yeah. between they're Brian going for and the Miz. Tag, they're going for the tag. Well, belts. that, but I'm saying also the the Brian and Miz issue. Their you know their little thing that they had going on, where their only thing is that they're family men instead of with with mm-hmm. the fiend. But uh, anyway, what's your uh? What's your final rant for? Well, go? let me say also, I'm convinced that Corbin really clocked him in the head with with that set. That was a good shot. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like he nailed the <laughs> shit out of him. And also, is at some point are we going to close this loophole? And I I don't mean this critically. I just mean in the world of kayfabe. How often are we banning people and then they buy a ticket? At no point is WWE management like, and also you can't buy a fucking ticket. And then your throne's waiting for you at the. End. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I believe that so much. <laughs> You gotta figure something out here, guys. <laughs> All right, my final rave of the final rant, sorry, of the week is gonna go to NXT, and it just feels like they're reluctant to really get behind Dakota Kai and give her any type of push. Feel like it's a missed opportunity. She had by far the biggest moment of War Games. Then they gave her a uh, future star, I believe, was was the award, and she's she's in this program with Knox. And I just feel like it's all for Knox. There's nothing for Kai. I think <laughs> it's almost like a play on words. It's all for Knox. <laughs> it's it's even to the point where when they announced the match at Takeover, which I'm excited about, and and I like the fact that they're doing something different when it's a street fight. 
that Beth looks like this is the first time they'll get their hands on each other since the attack in War Games. But it's not. They just had a match. I was going to say, they just had a match, and they're attacking each other every freaking yes. week. So, and and she meant it more in a match sense. I get, but I'm yeah. like, Beth, I just watched them have the match, which they, I said yeah. they should have never done in the first place. I just... I think, that was all too soon. Yeah. I think they just, they're missing an opportunity with Kai. I, I, I love the heel turn. I was invested, and I'm kind of to the point now where I'm like, okay, they're not invested, and I don't think we're going to get too much out of this. All right, so my final one, and this is a tough one for me because it's between two two of them. One I feel like I'll get a lot of flack for. The other I feel like I won't. So it's almost like, do I choose the lesser of two evils here? But I'm not going to. I'm going to see who goes against me on this. Jeff Cobb, that's going to be my final rant. Why does the inner circle need yet another bodyguard? Oh, God, they've but, got too no, many no, members. No, 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 it has nothing to do with too many people. At this point, it's how many people do you need in your group that aren't going to wrestle? How long has Jake Hager been in the inner circle and he's finally, finally getting a match? They have been live since October. We were there when Jake Hager made his appearance and he has not had a match for six months. Six months. So now you're going to add in this next big guy who's just going to be there to make sure Jericho gets a win, which is fine. I get it. Jericho's a genius for having all these people to protect him. But how long is it going to take for this guy to be in a match? How many times do I have to see him just stand ringside and do nothing but interfere? I think it's just a one-time thing. You think so? Yeah, I think your point still stands, but I think yeah, it's like, just a one-time He's thing. in a match next week, Greg. Okay. <laughs> is that going to be the only match he's in? No, but you're saying how long is it going to be till he has a match? They already said to be honest it, with you, I didn't even week. realize he had a match yeah. next week. I just know that he he was. In they it. talked about it the whole night, bro. Dude, I don't pay attention to commentary half the time because of how shit Jericho, Jericho told, told you. Okay, well I don't remember Jericho Where saying you he was in a match. Yeah, okay, Jericho's well then fine. Like, that's, that's one thing that I messed up. Then okay, I'll he was agree. like, "This still, is my hitman my next points, week." My point still stands. They're going to use him for this match, and then he's not going to do anything else after that. Look, I guarantee it. The only reason I'm not going against you here. Is because I felt like and who is he anyway? Does anybody know he's who he is? Jeff Cobb. Okay, fair. Well, that, that's he's really big. That's not games. fair to do that because we don't watch certain other promotions he was in. That doesn't make him not big time. But I know I'm just saying I don't know who this guy is. They're making a big deal I out do, of this guy that I just I've never heard of. In this case, I do agree with you as far as the inner circle. I think they have enough personality as it is. I enjoy who they have in the group, and it's really hard for me to believe that if he's added to it that they can continue to utilize all of It almost feels like the NWO, where they just it, have to continuously add people to the group. And it's just almost, it's going to become, inter- and they have already said that it's going to be inner circle versus the elite. But we're essentially getting N- N- NWO versus the whole other WCW roster. Like, I, that's essentially what that was at the end. It's, it's not totally a case of too many people in a group. Part of it for me is you already kind of have the the muscle and the powerhouse with Hager, and you built the and you're adding another yeah. muscle and a powerhouse. That kind of throws me off a little. I really don't think that they're adding him to the inner circle. I think this is a a one time deal that they made with him. I think he is staying where he's at. I don't think he's coming over to AEW. The the reason that I dislike it is it's all of this build about this big scary guy that I know is just coming in to lose to Moxley. Yeah. So, no, he's not big and scary. He's just another jackass <laughs> that's going to lose a match. I, I'm i wondering if he... I, I'm wondering if he doesn't lose if... Because, obviously, AEW probably has plans to try and sign him. I don't know if he, that he's just going to lose. Signed. I think it's just going to be like a DQ or a non-finish, which isn't much better. I know that doesn't, doesn't no, make you feel any better. better. It's the yeah. same thing yeah. to me. But to them, you know, that that's my expectation. I don't think he's going to flat out get pinned. And the last that I had read was that they wanted him, but he said he wants to stay where he is. Oh, okay. 
Where he is, where's he in Ring of Honor? Gorilla right. in Ring of Honor. Okay. He's, he's really good. Well, yeah, Greg. I do agree. He's definitely going. Well, I guess I would have found out if I didn't flake out on the Ring of Honor match, or, uh, event last week. Wow, that happened. <laughs> it did happen. Well, what happened was he texted me to ask me if Colby can go. And How's he doing the tickets? Because he, it's clear at this point he's not really into it. Well, this is how I knew that he wasn't because I said, <laughs> I said Colby's in Pennsylvania. He goes, shit. <laughs> so now it puts me in an uncomfortable position. Like, I'm not going to force you to go. So I say, don't worry about it. He didn't even text back to that. I don't know what to say because I already know you're upset about it. I wasn't upset until well, you just like didn't you, respond. I felt that, like, well, that's kind of a shitty thing to do. Because then I'm waiting. Like, does he want to go? Is he not want to go? I'm sitting there for like half an hour waiting for some kind of response. And he's like, oh, he said, don't worry about it. No worries. And he just, I don't know, he threw his phone in the air and walked away or something. I didn't not respond because I was like, oh, I'm going to leave him hanging. I thought, I, I honestly, when he said, no worries, thought that it was clear that I wasn't going. I literally let him know, like, dude, I, I didn't sleep the night before. I really didn't. Like, I got zero sleep. Then I tried to get some sleep before Is it the not event. the normal thing to do to send something back? Like, my bad man will do something such and such. Or, like, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm tired out. I said, don't worry about it. And there's just no reply at all. That's a little weird, right? All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, as you know, with me fucking lately with certain things like the snowstorm, that whole thing in my brain. My brain isn't operating to 100% lately with the no fucking sleep. And on top of it, my back was fucking hurting again all last week. My mind was not in it at all. I really did think that that was the end of it. Like, oh, it's no worries and you were okay with it. I'm like, okay, whatever. I just hope he's not really upset about it. That was it. I didn't know that I needed to do anything more. I'm I'd, sorry. I'd have finished it off for the rest of your days. What? I don't understand the joke. No you're worries making. for the rest of your days. Uh, it means no worries. There you go. For the rest of your, your days. Besides me and last week, what's your last rant? We leave our friends uh -huh. on red. <laughs> we don't reply to them. A cool type of never, baby. <laughs> All right. So. Not you. He where gets his are last we? Rant. Yeah, I was gonna say, where are we? I'll just go with raw eight man tag. Right. Wait, was that a, that was a rant? Done. <laughs> that was all mine as well. Okay, let's go. Wow, I your rants this week, man. They are on point. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, back to rave. So you were actually talking about a little bit. I was hoping you wouldn't go too far into it. AW Dustin Rose calling out Jake Hager for a match at Revolution. I have never been more excited to see Jack Swagger and Goldust in my life. <laughs> All right. Stop. <laughs> this is another example of AEW taking two guys that I watched in WWE for a long time that went through hell creatively, um, and I'm seeing them in AEW, and they're being utilized correctly. I think Dustin's in a pretty unique position where sometimes he's putting over talent, but then every now and then he's, he's getting some wins as well. I think he's been putting on good matches. Greg, you and I have said that for a while now, and I'm excited to see this. I, I hope I'm not too excited about it and it doesn't become the match that I'm expecting, but I, I want to see it. I, I can't wait to see J.K. wrestle in AEW. And you just touched on it. Roy touched on it earlier, but he used something else as his rave, so I'm giving the rave to Dustin and Sammy. I thoroughly enjoyed this match between the two of them. So that that's my last one. Is Are you Dustin going against that, or well, you were kind of back? Now he said he moved it over to his rave list, okay. but because he was he was raving about Brian and Roman, but still used that in it. That that 
that's, I mean, compared to the last couple things, and you'll notice why on my uh, honorable mentions, that's the best one to me on what's left. Um, I think that that next to the Rio and Nyla match, that was the that was the only other match that I thoroughly enjoyed on AEW this week. Okay, that that was a really good match. I I can see where Roy is I'm coming really from. I'm really behind Dustin. I think I enjoy why. Dustin. I enjoy Sammy and more. I enjoy and that's... Yeah, and I agree. I I'm behind both of them. But I like that we finally, for after the longest time, get to see what Dustin is capable of compared to what he was utilized as in WWE. It was, you know he was a gimmick. Now I don't think Dustin is great as you guys seem to think. I think he is. he's pretty good. I think he's paired with some great people that I, are doing most of the work. There, there, there's some truth. And I don't think he's bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a little bit above average, but certainly not great or very good. Even I don't. I think that his opponents are doing. I think his opponents are making him look better than what he. Then it's is. working out for in my favor. Then. I, and I'll I think that some way. of that, some of that is his age, yeah. and we know how old he is. So. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But and the it, fact that he was able, and, and now can we get a clarification on this? Because when when Adam Cole does it, it's a Panama Sunrise, but when Dustin does it, it's a Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. So essentially, you weren't wrong when we were debating this the same a few thing. months ago. I, know, I didn't realize thing. it was honestly. And then it was called, they called it the Canadian Destroyer on AEW, and I was like, wait a minute. On AEW, did he jump off of the... He jumped off the yeah. top rope. I think the Adam Sunrise is just Adam's name for it. Yeah. Okay. It's the same damn thing. Okay. I didn't realize that. I, it's fine. Fair. But, uh, I mean, to be his age and his size and to be able to pull that off, I get Sammy's flipping as well, but that's still pretty no, impressive. Dustin's literally doing nothing in that move. He's still got He's a still front flipping. flip. He's doing a front flip. Okay. I can do that as out of shape as I am. I can front flip and land on my back. Can with another right person twirling me. Oh, see? That <laughs> person is doing... Dustin is doing nothing in that move. I'm going to tell you, though... It still looks impressive. When they, got, okay. when they both got up top and the way they were positioned, I thought they were going to do a Spanish fly from the top. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> like, let's not... Let's not push it too much. I was like, I'm not sure you can pull that one off, Dustin. I wasn't. I was like, I don't know if I want to see a Spanish fly from you too. Pleasure. Also, did you guys hear? I believe it was Excalibur call Sammy the Mexican God, or was that Jr.? I can't. It was remember probably Jr. Jr. Said he's the Mex the Mexican God. I was like, no, that's no, that's not it. He's the Spanish God. Anyway, Roy, what is your last rave of the week? Uh for my last rave, <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm going to go with the Claymore kick over the couch. I enjoyed that so much. I didn't care about the the MVP and Drew McIntyre parts too much, but it's it was such a unique situation. Like, there's not very many situations you can set up where I can see somebody get claymored and flip backwards over a couch. So that just it added to it made, created a different setting for me. It created something different to something that's kind of the standard every week. Drew's going to come out and claymore somebody. This was a different twist on that, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. As soon as he started setting up, I was like, I started saying to Blake, because Blake didn't really enjoy much of what was happening, and we both agreed that it was a rant, and I was like, oh, kick him over the couch, kick him over the couch, and he did it, and I was cheering at Blake, that, Blake's like, oh, that's all it takes for you, huh, just flip him over the couch, I was like, yep, so, that's all it took. So I put VIP Lounge on my rave list, because I hate MVP, and he got Claymore kicked over a couch. Why do you hate MVP? I don't fucking like him. But why? I, I can ne- I've never really I'm been- coming! Never really been one to get behind the type of person. And this was even, and you can ask Roy, up until, for the longest time, I I hated Miz for the longest time. I'm not big on the heel 
that has to say that they are better than somebody because they either got money or their status is better than them. I'm okay if you're a heel who is going to say, I'm physically and more dominantly better than you, but don't use your status as a person. Like, I've got money, so that makes me better than you. The whole Del Rio, that's why I didn't like him because he's got money. JBL, I didn't like him because he's got money. Like, that whole persona. Wow, hates money. That whole persona is stupid to me. Why are you going to be like, I've got money. That makes me better than you as a fighter. No, it doesn't. But that's why. I never liked MVP because he, he always used this thing that he was better than people's, you know, status-wise. So you don't like MJF because he's better than you. But MJF doesn't show money in my face. Yeah, 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 right. got that big, I'm MJF. Big ass ring. Okay, he won that ring, Blake. <laughs> what do you guys got for honorable mentions? Oscar and Becky. As a rant? Yeah, yeah, me uh, too. Starting off the that was my last one. Over there. I actually, I had that as a rave. I enjoyed that. the match. Was great. The best it was, was, but that's I didn't need it again. Yeah. Well, you're right. I didn't need it again, but I felt like out of the last couple of weeks, this was the better of that's, them. And that's that's why that one didn't make it onto my actual ones. Yep. That's why it's an honorable. It was a good match. And I'll do one more. Brandy Rhodes on commentary. We talked about it a little bit about the Nightmare Collective, and that's why I said I'm going to talk about it a little later. It just felt weird that yeah. she was like, "Oh, hey, Excalibur. Sorry and, about what happened." I'm I'm face now, and without no explanation of the Nightmare Collective at all, I'm just here to talk about my husband, and I'm nice now, and I guess forget Mel and Luther who got beat up by everybody. Speaking of that whole situation, did I did I miss something? Was I not told that two weeks ago we were getting the first ever cage match, and then we were told that the lashing is first, and then the cage match, and now we're saying the cage match is next week? Like, what is happening here? So they did say a couple weeks ago that the cage match would be in Atlanta. Okay. But I agree with you. I do think there I was think a time they may where have they slipped said, up and said that it – because I think last week during the lashings, they said if he gets through this, he faces Wardlow next week in a cage match. And I think that's where I was confused. But this could be just the commentary team screwing up again. I'm glad you said something about the cage match before we get to it next week. I'm wondering what their rules will be for a cage match. Something that bothers me with WWE is – for the cage, I, w- I feel like I'd really enjoy cage. You got to escape. I'm tired of the ping. I don't. Thing. No, here's my thing. I don't like that you can escape by the door because that's that seems so easy. I can run out of a yeah. cage very it's quickly. Cheesy, yeah. Quicker than I can climb over a cage. So I think I would love for AEW to get rid of that. Like you can't escape by. I'm the, curious you to see what the cage is going to look like. I would like it to be either just over the top, and that's it. Actually, you know what? I'll say right there. I think it should be over the top, and that's it. That's I would enjoy okay cage match I'm okay with better, that. and I'm curious to see how they. Do I kind of want an old school cage though, like the old like long yeah. cages where it's got yeah, the big I squares agree. in it. And it's like steel bars instead of a fence. I, I want that anyway. Um, so I, the my only honorable mention on rant is going to be, oh my god, Sheamus beat Shorty G. Oh my god, Sheamus beat Apollo Cruz. What could we do next? Oh my god, Sheamus beat Shorty G and Apollo Cruz together. No way. What? No way. What? Get out of town. He said, are you not entertained? And I sat on my couch and said, no. (laughs) Anything for Rave, guys? Yeah. You want to start since you had such a... Yeah, I just have uh, the... Extensive rant list. The Firefly Funhouse. I enjoyed. I still think you guys missed the mark on that one. (laughs) Um, And I'm enjoying Britt Baker's promos. She finally, finally got it down, I think. And the first two were not okay with me. The only thing I will say is I'm sick and tired of hearing that Tony worked at Starbucks. I could deal with that. I think it's fucking fun. Time. I think it's But fun. 
I, I will agree. This week, I finally got behind her promos. I'm going to tell you guys. I was nervous I was going to butcher that one Dude, in the beginning. I'm surprised you even could get those and, words out. And I had to Google some of those words. <laughs> but it worked so well because you, Greg, knows definitely, and you know from Monday, I have had a tooth bothering me all week. So that promo, when she cut that, I said, that's the one. That's it. I'm going to figure out what the hell she's saying. I had to Google apical and how to spell it and remember how to say it. But I knew the other shit for the most part. But I I love the promo. I think she did pretty good. And JR, again, cutting, trying to cut away from it. I think that's been, been fun, too. Um, my only rave that I didn't get to that you guys haven't mentioned is going to be the Shayna attack. I didn't expect her to go full vampire on the back of Becky's neck, but that was different. Um, and then the fact that when she stood up, Shayna's got the legit look of a fucking vampress, dude. Like, she looks like she belongs in a vampire movie. The way that she does her makeup and everything, it went so fucking well together at the end with the blood dripping down her face. Who do you guys predict is our winner this oh, week? I, I want to give you a oh. couple of rates. No. Who do you well, predict the winner? Too bad. You should have ranked. I forgot what you gave a rant that I wanted to rave, but I'm Listen, still about Look it. at Firefly Funhouse. No, it was something else. Oh, it was, it was Ziggler and the Otis stuff. Oh, yeah, true. Look, look it. it. That's only because you, you look at like Ziggler. Look it. Two raves I had for this week, honorable mention. I enjoyed the video package narrated by Mark Henry for okay, the North yeah, American I Championship. I thought that was a nice touch. The having a big man like Mark Henry. Was and, cool. and I'm excited for that match. Even though I've seen it so many times because it is a title match now and it's on TakeOver. I'm excited to see it. I think they've done some great things together. We've all Blake, said Blake, if you want to see it, you have the network. You can choose from seven other matches. Okay? Okay. Go I on. don't need to see that again. Really? You, really? You, you don't have anything for No, it? they're going to do the same fucking one, the same spots they did in the other seven matches. Okay. You're a miserable person sometimes. Fuck you. Okay. Now, then, the last thing that I have... Was Gargano and Cameron Grimes was a really good match? No, it wasn't. No, it was, it was a good match. That no, was it stupid too. It was not. It was a dumb match. You, the match itself was very good. It was a dumb the match. The problem is right now, Grimes? Gargano. I, I, I'm trying, but I think he's done so much in NXT at this point that's like, dude, what more can you do here? You've had all three titles. You can wrestle Cameron Grimes, like. I, I don't I don't know I don't do you guys have an answer Is there anything that you could do with Gargano at this point Because Finn Bauer's different I haven't seen him in Finn Bauer but I don't know what else you can do with Johnny I don't know. who do you guys think wins this week SmackDown AW it's more fun than SmackDown Oh SmackDown was the better Sean if you guys if no, you guys had rent and ranked appropriately, they might have fucking won. It wasn't the but instead, show. in last place, we have Monday Night Raw. Like always. You, you may not even need to announce In third that. place, we have NXT. Your winner and the capital R champion is AEW. 